Good morning, everyone. This is Preacher Bill Gilliland at First Christian Church right here in Covington, and it's a delight to be able to share with you today from the Word of God, a, a portion of our worship service at First Christian Church. Uh, we have been able to get back into services. Uh, last week was a kind of our kickoff day, and we enjoyed being together so much. We're also live-streaming our services over Facebook. But so many of our members and so many of those in the community are not really into computers that much, and we've been in radio for a long time, haven't we? I know the church has been blessed to be able to have a radio program over the years, and we, uh, we stopped that program for a while. But when COVID-19 came along, uh, we got back into radio, and we, we were happy to do that, and, and we're hoping that we can stay with these messages for God's people. We want to go to the Word of God this morning. Uh, I've been trying to pick passages that will help us during uh, this pandemic and, and some of the uh, surrounding problems and circumstances that I think uh, the, the pandemic has actually catered to. We're living in uh, unusual, mysterious, troubled times, and yet the Lord has not left us. He is with us. We can trust him and depend upon him. And we're going to go back into the Old Testament this morning and, and take a look at a scripture in the life of Moses. I love the character Moses in the Old Testament. And, of course, he is a type of Christ uh, compared to Christ in so many different ways. Uh, and we're going to look today at three personal requests that Moses makes to God in Exodus chapter 33. If you have your Bibles, go over to Exodus chapter 33, and uh, we're going to look at these personal requests that Moses made to the Lord, because they are requests that you and I need to make to the Lord, especially in these troubled times. Let's pray for a moment before we get into the scripture, shall we? Lord, we are grateful for every opportunity we have to look into the scriptures because we know that it is in your word that we're going to receive light and your word is truth. And we know you're going to guide us by your spirit, the same spirit that led to the writing of your word. So we just pray, Father, uh, that you will come into each heart that's listening uh, this morning. Uh, make us better than we are. Make us more like Jesus. And if there are those who are listening that don't know Christ as Savior, I just pray that something can be said that will lead them one step closer to embracing him as Lord of their life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, over in Exodus chapter uh, 33, uh, three personal requests of Moses to God. Uh, actually, there's another request uh, that, that I want to begin with. Of course, the, the story here, uh, the narrative or the history here is that God has delivered his people, the Israelites, from their bondage uh, in Egypt. And of course, he did that miraculously with all of those plagues uh, that were actually uh, uh, acts against the idol gods and the false gods of the Egyptians. So he brings them out of their slavery. And you'll remember then they come 
to the Red Sea and they have an impossible body of water in front of them and Pharaoh's army behind them, but God does a miraculous work through Moses and the water parts and they go through on dry land. And now they have come to the Mount Sinai where they have camped out. Moses has gone up into the mountain to receive God's law, the Ten Commandments, uh, that list of uh, rules and regulations that he knows will keep his people in line uh, for years until the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, would come into the world. And uh, when Moses, however, comes back down from the mountain, uh, many days after he went up, he realizes that his people are reveling around uh, an idol god. Aaron, Moses' brother, had made a golden calf for them. And uh, they were worshiping uh, that instead of worshiping the Heavenly Father. And God was very, very angry. And I, I just want to, to mention uh, a request uh, that, that Moses made to God in Exodus chapter 32 before we even get to chapter 33. Uh, God, in his anger, said, uh, I'm going to destroy these people and start from scratch. I wonder sometimes if he feels the same way about us. You know, he gets disappointed and we rebel against him and, and, and we do things that we should not do. But in, in chapter 32, Moses loves his people. He loves the Israelites. And verse 31 of, of Exodus 32 says, Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They've made themselves gods of gold. But now, please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of your book uh, that you have written. You see, Moses was a great intercessor. This is just one of many times that he went to God and prayed to God and interceded for his people, and he was able to spare their lives. Uh, more than once, God was ready to wipe them off of the face of the earth. But Moses loved them, and he cried out to God for them. We, we need to be intercessors. We need to make personal requests like that to God for others. And I'm so afraid that many times most of our requests are selfish. They're for us. But let's never forget that uh, we are here. If, we, if you're a Christian, you're not here just for yourself, and God's not here to bless just you. He has other people that has great needs, and we have been called upon to mediate and to be intercessors and to cry out to God for one another. So there is a personal request that will kind of anchor us into chapter 33 as we go there. You know, in chapter 33 and verse 12, the Bible says that, uh, that God knew Moses by name and also that God had found favor with him. Uh, isn't that wonderful? Well, I want you to know, dear friend, that God knows you by name. And if, you, if you're a child of his, if you're, if you're trying to live the Christian life, God has found favor with you too just like he did with Moses. There's another place that says that God spoke with Moses face to face as a man talks to a friend. That's wonderful. We need that kind of relationship. And that leads us to the first request that Moses makes here in chapter 33 to God. 
and, and that is, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. Look at verse 13, if, if you have your Bibles uh, handy. He says, uh, Moses says to God, uh, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Uh, remember that this nation is your people. Teach me your ways. Oh, that's a request that we need to make to our God. Oh, teach me your ways, Lord. Um, you know, the Old Testament uh, prophets uh, speaks the words of God uh, to, to the Israelites later on, and he, and, and he says, you know, you tell them that my ways are not their ways, and my thoughts are not their thoughts. My ways are so much higher, and my thoughts are so much greater than those. But then later in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes and says, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We just need to apply uh, the presence of God in our lives who is trying to teach us his ways. David made the same request several times in the book of Psalms, and he, he would just pray, uh, teach me your ways. For, uh, Psalm 25, 4, uh, show me your ways, Lord, and teach me your paths. In his Psalm of Repentance, his prayer of repentance after uh, committing adultery with Bathsheba, and uh, having her husband um, killed, uh, he, he repents to God, and he says there, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uh, Create in me a clean heart, and then I will be able to teach transgressors your ways. You see, it's, it's not just important that we know the ways of God, but we need to teach others God's way once we know that. Um, and Moses cries out to God here and he says, uh, you know, I want to know you and I want to continue to find favor with you. And if that's going to happen, I need to know your ways. And of course, God's response was a gracious promise uh, to uh, Moses. If, if you'll look at verse 14, when he made that request, the Lord replied and said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I don't know about you, uh, there's a promise from God that I need. Um, you know, I, I think of Jesus when he met with his disciples in the upper room and gave them his final words before he went to the cross. And in John chapter 14, uh, beginning in verse 25, he's talking about sending the Holy Spirit, and he says, I will send another counselor, or some translations say, I will send another advocate and he will teach you all things. And he will remind you of what I have said to you. You see, he's going to be the teacher. In chapter 16 of verse 13, when he talks about the Holy Spirit coming, he says, he will guide you into all truth. In chapter 15 and verse 26, he says, he will testify to you about me. Um, so, uh, we need to have the same prayer and request that Moses had. Teach me your ways. In the middle of this COVID-19 situation that we're facing, uh, we need to cry out and say, Lord, uh, what are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to teach me here? I, I, I know that there's a purpose in everything that happens. So teach me uh, how you feel. Teach me your thoughts. Teach me your ways. 
Let's move on to request number two that Moses made to God, which is in verses 15 and 16 of chapter uh, 33. And the request there is, go with us. Uh, we need your presence, Lord. Of course, Israel is, is uh, continuing on toward the promised land. And, and the Lord has been angry with Israel for their rebellion. Uh, and uh, he says to Moses, I, I, I'm going to send my angel with you, and I want you to go on and lead these people to the land that they're going to inherit. And Moses comes back in verse 15 and says, If your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us up from here. Uh, in verse 16, he says, How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us. We need your presence. It wasn't that he wasn't appreciative of an angel that was going to be guiding them, but he says, we need more than an angel here, Lord. Uh, if you're not going, we're not going. Uh, boy, that's, that's a great statement. Don't you feel that's a statement that Christians today need to make? Lord, I don't want to go anywhere without your presence. And I fear that so often we, we have just a different attitude. We wind up someplace and we say, well, I hope the Lord's not around here. He wouldn't approve of me be, being here. He wouldn't approve of me doing this. But our attitude should be the same as Moses. Uh, please go with us. Uh, I don't want to go if you're not going. Uh, God refused to go with them because he said... If I do go with you, I might destroy these people because they're a stiff-necked, hard-headed, obstinate people. He says that in verses 3 through 5. But because of Moses' intercession, once again, Moses intercedes for his people. And uh, in, in chapter 33, uh, uh, the Lord says to Moses in, in verse 17, uh, the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Uh, so God says, yes, my, my presence will be with you. I will go with you. Now, it's interesting that once again, the Lord Jesus Christ promised uh, the Holy Spirit uh, when he came would give his disciples his presence after he left them. And it's interesting that in this discussion, in the gospel according to John, on the night he was betrayed, he was with the disciples in the upper room, and he even made the statement, it's expedient that I go away. And, you know, a lot of times we can't understand a statement like that. Why would it, why would it be important or expedient even that, that the Lord... Uh, go away. And he says, if I don't, I, I, I won't send my, my comforter, the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. Uh, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And that's in John chapter 14 and verse 18. Have you ever felt like an orphan? <clears throat> maybe you lost a parent. Or maybe you lost a, a dear friend that you looked to and and, and you depended upon, and all of a sudden, you know, they're gone, and you feel like an orphan. You feel lost. You feel empty. You feel isolated. And so Jesus says here at verse 18, the spirit of truth is going to come. 
and he's going to guide you and lead you, and I will be with you through him. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In another place, he says, the Father and I will make our home with you. Uh, his presence is so important. In John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. See, Jesus is the good shepherd. And the shepherd does not leave his flock. The shepherd stays with the flock. Uh, he sleeps by the open door so that not, the enemy cannot get through to harm the sheep and the sheep can't get through and get lost. Uh, whatever the need is, the shepherd is going to be with his sheep. So may it be our request today, Lord, we're going through uncharted territory here. We're on open seas in this life, this world that, that they're uncharted. We don't, we don't know. We, we need you. We need your presence. Please go with us. And then the last request, request number three that we have here in this passage is, show me your glory. Uh, after, after the Lord says, okay, uh, I will honor your request. I will go with you. You'll have my presence. Immediately, Moses says in verse 18 of Exodus 33, uh, show me now your glory. Uh, I want to see your glory. Now, Moses had already witnessed God's glory, more than once, hadn't he? You remember the burning bush experience when God actually uh, commissioned and called Moses to go to Egypt and, and uh, so that his people could be released from their bondage? And God appeared to Moses when he was shepherding um, on the backside of the desert in a burning bush, a bush that was on fire but wasn't consumed. And it was there that God spoke uh, to Moses, said, take off your shoes, you're standing on holy ground. So Moses had seen God's glory. And, and you know, God expressed his glory in Egypt with those plagues. Uh, Moses would predict it and it would happen. Uh, Moses, of all people, probably stood in awe of what God could do. Now, I want you to see what God uh, says uh, to Moses um, in verse 19 of this same chapter we've been looking at, the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. In other words, he's saying, yes, you will see my glory, but I want you to notice two words here that God uses to identify his glory. The first one is goodness. I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. You know, God has done that for us, dear friends. Uh, the goodness of the Lord is astounding. God is good all the time. And we often reflect all the time. God is good. But do we recognize the fact that when we see this constant goodness of the Lord toward us, that we're seeing his glory? He says, you want to see my glory? I'm going to, I'm going to show you all my goodness. And then he mentions something else. He mentions his name. He says, I will proclaim my name, the Lord, 
in your presence. Later on in chapter 34 uh, and, and verse 6, um, he's, the Bible says, He passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. What a great God he is. Blessed be his name. You see, <clears throat> even now God is teaching Moses his ways. What kind of a God am I? I'm compassionate. I'm gracious. I'm slow to anger. I'm abounding in love. I'm faithful. I maintain my love to those who love me. <coughs> this, is, this is so very important. Um, now this request was further fulfilled in the earthly life of Christ, wasn't it? In Luke chapter 9, you remember when, when, Mo, when Christ was transfigured with Moses and Elijah from the Old Testament? Moses appeared with Jesus there on the Mount of Transfiguration in his glory. Um, <clears throat> you know, the Lord, uh, the Lord shows us his glory in so many different ways. And uh, we need to see it in our daily walk with him. If you're a Christian, if you know the Lord as personal Savior and Lord, dear friend, then you're one of the most fortunate people who has ever lived. We, we have so much advantage because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul talks there about the greater glory of the new covenant. He said, yeah, there, there was a lot of glory with the law in the Old Testament, but that, that, that's, that's nothing compared to what we have in the New Testament, <clears throat> living under grace, the undeserved and the unmerited favor of our Lord. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, the Apostle Paul concludes that chapter by saying, and we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. We're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are so blessed. Uh, I wonder today if you know Jesus as your Savior. I wonder if you are in a place, in a relationship, in a friendship with God, like Moses was, where you can just openly make these special requests. And I hope you'll go back and reread these passages uh, later on in Exodus chapter 33. But would you make the prayer today to the Lord, teach me your ways. Just teach me your ways, Lord. I want to know you. I want to follow you. I want your favor to be upon me, but I need to know your ways. Teach me. Mature my life. And then the second request, go with me. I need your presence. I don't want to go anywhere where you're not with me. I'm never going to try to run away or escape from you or hide from you because I need you to go with me. And if you don't go, I don't want to go there. And then the third request that Moses made, we need to make too. Show me your glory. 
And of course, that boils down most of the time to the idea that uh, we, we just don't see it. We, we're not looking for it. God's glory is all around us. Maybe you've even experienced that in your life today. All we have to do in these beautiful highlands is to walk outside in the morning and look around the mountains, uh, the nature, the green, the flowers. It's all there right in front of us. We, we just need to pay attention to it. I'm going to ask that we have a word of prayer, and I thank you so much for joining us, and we'll have a song. Uh, may the Lord bless you. Let's pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness, your love, your blessings. How great you are. And I pray, Lord, that we'll be able to continue to make these requests. Teach me your ways. Teach us your ways. Stay with us all the time. And, Lord, help us to recognize the glory that you bring to this world and to this life. We're thankful for Jesus, who is the epitome of your glory. I pray that we will stay steadfast and faithful. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. good